Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Gadget Flow podcast, the show about everything related to products, marketing, entrepreneurship, and crowdfunding. I'm your host, Evan Barsimis. Make sure to check out Gadget Flow, the original product discovery platform at thegadgetflow.com. Let's get started with today's episode. Michael, welcome to the show. Evan, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on the program. Our pleasure. Um, so let's start. Uh, let's start with you by telling us a bit about yourself. Well, uh, I, I am the founder and the CEO of, of Courage Matters, which is a organization designed to help people become the best version of themselves, reach their greatest potential. Um, an author and uh, creator of the Courageous Life Planning System, been in leadership capacities in the secular and the religious world for a couple of decades now, if I can say that. And uh, I, I just love helping move people forward. That's what my mission is in life, to help people move forward. That's great. Uh, walk us through your career in the past 20 years. Yeah, I've uh, had a variety of roles. I've, I've done a lot of traveling, been in a couple of dozen countries, um, four continents, and you, you learn a lot when you travel. You, you learn a, a tremendous amount. And I, I know that you do. You like to do a lot of travel as well. Don't you find that to be the case? When you travel, you learn a lot. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I feel like every trip is like I don't know. It's like opening this door right to a whole new world, actually. Yeah. So uh, travel has been a, a part of of my educational experience. I uh, spent about seven or eight years losing track of a formal education. I have a master's degree and focus on leadership. I've worked in the secular world in management, uh, assisting CEOs, being a manager myself. And then most recently, I was a pastor, senior pastor for about seven years in a large church in Pennsylvania. And I resigned so that I could pursue what I'm doing now, which is keynote speaking and writing full time. I'm an author with Thomas Nelson Publishers, uh, like I said, creator of the Courageous Life Planning System. And I think that Everything that's happened in my life up to this point has uniquely prepared me. I think preparation is so important. It's prepared me to, in my own struggles, like I, th I think, Evan, most of the lessons I've learned in life, I've learned from failure. I've learned mm -hmm. from my own failures. Because I think life is school and if you continually evaluate. So for me, it's all about leadership. And leadership is inseparable, I think, from replication. If you're not replicating yourself, you're not really leading. You might be managing, and management and leadership are different. Uh, manager sustains systems, keeps things going, but a leader takes things from where they are and takes people from where they are to where they need to be and who they need to be. So for me, between the travel, between the formal education, self-evaluation, looking at my own failures, studying the failures of other people, these are the things that have kind of uniquely prepared me, not kind of, they have uniquely prepared me and put me where I am now with uh, the culmination of everything really, which is the courageous life planning system. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you've been busy <laughs> for the busy. past that's few right. years. That's, that's right. for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's great. That's great. Um, so I guess one of the questions that comes to mind is what, what made you write your first book, uh, Call for Courage, right? Yeah, a call for courage, living with power, truth, and love in an age of intolerance and fear. Uh, mm. Grateful for my publisher, Thomas Nelson. Uh, I was concerned about the condition of the United States of America, which mm. 
uh, you know, there's a lot of similar things happening globally. I was concerned about the polarization, people being on opposite sides of the fence and not being willing to step toward the fence and talk with each other, have conversations. It seems like the ability to disagree is no longer something that the average person knows the first thing about. Mm -hmm. The ability to disagree agreeably, the, the ability to do it diplomatically. And so I sat down, I wanted to create a how-to manual. You know, the working title was actually how to stand up and speak out in a sit mm -hmm. down, shut up world. That was, that was the working title. And uh, I, I wanted to create a how-to manual, not just information. I watched television, the talking heads, listened to the radio, the talking heads on the radio, listened to pastor friends uh, on radio, television, podcasts. And it seemed like, Evan, the, the epidemic in our country is people are confusing discussing a problem with solving it, and they're not the same thing. So many people are simply talking about a problem and they think, you know, they spend a half hour in a podcast or half hour giving a message or a keynote. And all that you've done is help me more solidify that I either agree with you or disagree with you, but I have no clue about what to do. So very few people would disagree with the idea that we're polarized. People don't know how to disagree agreeably, diplomatically. But the real question is, so what the heck am I supposed to do about that? Right. That's the real issue. So that's what I did with A Call for Courage. I wanted to create a timeless manual for how to navigate through the new world of disorder. How do you live in, a, in what's become a sit down, shut up world? That's why I wrote it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess a big part of the, of the book as well is, uh, you know, you talk, you talk about technology. Um, so yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, what, what are your thoughts actually on, you know, tech and family and, mm -hmm and you know tech in our society i guess in 2019 and the state of tech in 2019 um right. should we should we embrace it you know mm -hmm. or should we limit it what are your well that's a great question yeah i go into this uh in, in more detail and call for courage numerous studies are now being done and of the effects the negative impact of technology electronic gadgets on our ability to think deeply so we are a society now globally for the large in the developed parts of the world the developed parts of the world now are most undeveloped when it comes to deep thinking, where we're being told what to think, we're being told what to believe, critical thinking, and I don't mean being critical of people, I mean mm -hmm. the ability to think on your own, to think critically, is a lost skill. It's something that we learn. So if it's not taught, it's not gonna be caught. And so today, people are being told what to think, what to believe, people aren't thinking for themselves. And a large part of that through the studies that are being done is because we, the smart technology, the smartphones have actually dumbed us down. Mm -hmm. They have inhibited our ability to think deeply. The average teenager now spends more than nine hours a day on an electronic device, gaming, on television, on a computer, on their phone, on a tablet, more than nine hours a day. That is more time than they spend sleeping. That's insane. So all of this information is coming in. So the, the pendulum swing is, well, technology is bad. It's evil. We will stay away from technology. That's a pendulum swing. And all that does is move us from one extreme to another extreme. Yeah. The real issue is technology itself is not evil. It's whether or not we are evil in our use of that technology. I think a smartphone is a phenomenal thing if you control it and use it wisely instead of letting it dumb you down. 
So um, families need to be careful. They don't use a smartphone as a babysitting device. Mm -hmm. If you know, you would never hand somebody who had never used a rifle before or a handgun and just say, here, here you go. You'd give them training. You'd help them learn how to use it responsibly. Why in the world would you give your preteen child, for example, a smartphone and expect them to know how to use it? I mean, we all get stuff about phishing ads, right? And pictures that pop up, and links that yeah. pop up to try to get us to take the bait. If you don't train your child how to handle that, they're going to take bait and they're going to end up in ponds, swimming in oceans that they never even understood that they could have avoided, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of becoming responsible, just like anything in life. You have to be responsible to use the technology with wisdom. Just because it's smart doesn't mean you're going to use it wisely. You have to right. use it with wisdom. And that's one, of the, that's one of the things I love about what you do with GadgetFlow and how you are on that cutting edge. You've helped us tremendously. You've helped other people tremendously of using the technology in a way that helps improve people's lives. That's what it's about, right? I mean, that's right. the bottom line. Yeah. Totally agree. I'm going to take this a step further though, because obviously a teenager can be responsible for like, you know, limiting their gaming time or the texting time or the social media time. They want more and more and more. Right. Correct. So I guess one of the questions that's been circling around, um, for quite some time and, you know, since we have you here, I think it's a great opportunity to expand on that, um, would be, how do you actually educate the parent side? You know, how do they actually, get to know that, you know, the iPhone or the Android device that they're buying, their teenage son or daughter um, actually has, you know, limiting capabilities that you can control through iCloud, as an example, or Google Play, right? Mm -hmm. How do you how do you educate the 40, 50, 60 year old parents today that mm -hmm. there are features that you can use, you know, to mm -hmm. improve your basically teenager son or daughter's life, in a sense? Well, I think part of it is awareness, self-awareness, helping mm -hmm. parents and guardians understand that uh, if you are 40, 50, 60 years old, 70 or you know, older, you've seen a transition that a 20-year-old, even 30-year-olds and younger have not seen, they have not witnessed it. So what, what, what uh, you and I might take for granted, okay, here's a smart device. Yeah, I remember when a smartphone came out, I remember when the internet came out, I remember when all this technology came out, and now email is so popular, you know, it's just a part of everyday life. You saw a transition. You learned about FaceTime, like the original FaceTime, sitting down and having a cup, having a cup of coffee with somebody face-to-face. -face. That's the original FaceTime, right? Right. You say FaceTime today. Nobody, younger people, don't, they don't think of that. They think of, oh, FaceTime, I'm going to be on my uh, video on somebody, right? So, so a large true. part of it comes with self-awareness. Just because you had an education by transitioning, doesn't mean that the other person has learned anything about that. Mm -hmm. So part of it is you know, all the technology has sped up life. It's all about productivity, right? And I think what, what the byproduct of that, I, I talk about this in um, my Courageous Life Planning System, we've created human doings. It's all about mm -hmm. how can I do more? I got to do, 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 um, do more, just cram more in. You know, it's not all about doing more. It's about doing what maybe less, maybe doing less and doing it better. Mm -hmm. So parents have to become aware of the addictive tendencies of these devices. They're highly addictive, highly addictive. The studies are now coming out and showing that because now the experiment 
is now reaping its, its fruit, right? It's been around long enough where now we can actually do studies and say, okay, now what are the long-term intermediate term effects of this? So a parent or guardian has to be self-aware. You have to not be stupid. You have to be engaged. You have to pay attention. You have to realize that we're all alone together in, in some sense. You'd be in the same room and not connected with somebody, right? Correct, yeah. Being self-aware and understanding that where your teenager is, they do not have the life experience. They did not witness a transition. They are absolutely clueless. And the most important responsibility that a parent or guardian has on earth, on earth, is to be a great parent or guardian to the children under your care. If you ignore your children, they will go away. And where mm. they go might not be a place that they could ever return from. They, they might go to a place where they might not be able to return. You cannot recapture innocence in many cases, can you? Yeah, so true. That's, that's so true, actually. With that said, uh, let's talk about your latest uh, project, uh, the Courageous Life Planning System. Uh, what is it and how it can actually help people achieve their goals? Yeah, well, it's a goal achievement system. I like to say goal achievement because setting your goals is only part of it. And it's a comprehensive system, but yet it's easy to use. And I, I used other planning systems, other planners, like uh, uh, there's great ones out there to a certain extent. But I found that all they really tend to do at the end of the day is go, going back to this concept of, of human doings. They create human doings. So right. I'm going to set my goals. I'm going to set my appointments. So you get a yearly planner and you write out, now, now you've got, you know, from five in the morning until you know midnight each night and you can write these appointments out and you feel really good because you wrote it down and it's good to write things down or you say forget that man that's old school i want to use my smartphone i'm going to use my google calendar i'm going to use uh, what's native to my in an app whatever the case might be and people just you know want to totally reject paper the problem with using a digital device is it decreases deep thinking why is that a problem it's a huge problem because you need to think about your life right. being you're creating a legacy. I like to look at it as a masterpiece mosaic. You're creating a masterpiece with your life and it's, it's a mosaic, a mosaic, you know, a piece of art that is composed of either tiles or smaller pictures. It doesn't make sense when you're up close, but when you stand back, it all comes together and the individual pictures make a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. When you start looking at your life, that way then you begin to realize every day is going to take its place as a tile comprising the mosaic of my life so why mm -hmm. don't i start building intentionally so what i did with the courageous life planning system is create something that does what other planners did not do because i would use them and i get frustrated or use my smartphone and i'm highly mobile because i just it's in my pocket right now. who wants to lie around a book right but but what they didn't help me do is what I wanted to accomplish with my planner, which I created for myself, for my teenage sons, for my wife, for other people who are, are loving it. It has a, a life organizer that helps you map out your entire life in the seven major areas. Mm -hmm. Walks you through questions, has how-to videos, helps you create a life vision statement, a life purpose statement. You plan goals in the seven major areas of life, and you can go as, as, as near as three years to 50 years and beyond into the future. So we literally walk you through that. Once you map out your life, you know why you're here and what you want to do, then you can get into the yearly planning. So the second component is the yearly planner. 12 months, you set goals that are in keeping with what you want to do with your life, with what you walk through with the life organizer. 
And then third is a daily success journal filled with affirmations, positivity, gratitude that helps you keep you move. It keeps you moving forward and also selfless. So those three journals that um, encourage you and fire you up coupled with the videos and then the uh, throughout the week we send you, you can opt in one, two, three minute videos that keep you motivated and teach you and train you as part of a larger community to do what? To develop courage as your new way of life. That's what it's about. So that you live as the best version of you, you crush your goals, you unleash your potential. And then, you know, if you're around for 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years or more, you look back at your life, you actually prioritized what was most important. And mm -hmm. you're, you're, you did create that masterpiece mosaic. So that's the, these are the fundamental differences behind the Courageous Life Planning System and the other planners were out there because I, I didn't find it. So I figured I'm going to just make it and it worked so good for me. I thought this is going to help other people. So that's, that's what the Courageous Life Planning System is about. Love it. Love it. A hundred percent. I I personally go by the saying, you know, leave every day like it's your last day in a sense. And mm -hmm. uh, from the productivity side, right? And the, from the productivity side, uh, that has helped me a lot, you know, accomplish some major tasks that I've been snoozing for like weeks or months in some cases, right? Mm -hmm. I've kind of adapted that philosophy for the past like seven years and the progress I have seen on a, on a personal and a business level as well has, has been tremendous. Um, so, I, I, you know, all of, these thing, all of these things basically that you mentioned, I think that um, they're, they're going to help each and every individual that, you know, pretty much is committed because mm -hmm. being committed is a totally different thing from just, you know, finding a random guy that just passes by the street, right? And saying, hey, here's so the... True courageous life planning system right I don't think that's gonna that's gonna help them if they're not willing to put in the hours put in the energy um, okay. and actually move forward with this all right so let's sure. let's talk about something else which is also uh, which also interests me I guess on a uh, on a very high level how do you personally tame distractions right because like you've mentioned earlier we live in a world in which you get a hundred push notifications every day you know, 500 emails, 20 yeah. phone calls, 60 SMS message and everything. And then yeah. you, you have family, you have your social circle. Um, so how do you, you know, you on a personal level, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, how do you tame destructions in 2019? That's a great question. And, and again, uh, there, there's just no way around it. For me, the Courageous Life Planning System is the tool I created to help me filter things out. And I have a focus filter literally is what it's called the focus filter and it helps me say no to things that masquerade as being important but they're not important they're not important so if you don't think through who you want to be in the process of what you want to do i mean that's that's huge what i just said if, if you don't think through who you want to become in the process of what you want to do then you're going to just move from one task to the next, to the next, the next, and you're going to get distracted because other people have their priorities. And if you don't have your focus, you're going to end up living somebody else's focus. If you don't have a clear vision for your own life, you're going to end up living other people's vision for your life. And that's why so many people are bored. They've checked out. They, they're, they're sellouts, meaning they, they've sold their souls. They're only working for money. They're not living their passion. They're not making the most out of every day. And the reason is because they didn't have a, a very clear vision of their own life. So in order and I think to... that, 
Yeah. Sorry for driving. I just think that, you know, the big part of this is, is pretty much a cultural issue, not necessarily an individual's issue, right? Because it all starts with, yeah, because we, it all starts with the people around you, whether that's in, you know, your neighborhood, your, your state, your city, your town, or mm-hmm. even, at, you know, pretty much your job. So I think right. when everyone is pretty much trying to copy like, you know, a pop star or a Hollywood actor as an example, you know, kind of like everyone is just, it, it feels like everyone's just chasing their tails in a sense, right? Yes. They're just trying to be like someone else and they're putting so much effort and energy into it, right? And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's just weird, at least from my perspective. But how, mm-hmm. do you, how, can you, how can you get people excited about the mosaic as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or about their life? I, I think that it's a much more deeper like conversation of course right mm-hmm. but it is because it's a new concept for a lot of people they haven't really thought about it because again deep thinking is not the norm right you're mm-hmm. told what to think so i think you're asking a great question i think you know it starts with this statement and this challenge why be a cheap imitation of somebody else when you can be the original version of you you might have a doppelganger someplace. I mean, maybe there's somebody around here, around the other part of the world that looks just like Evan, right? But he's not Evan. He looks a little bit like you, but he's not Evan. When you leave planet Earth, when you're done, there will never be another Evan. You owe it yep. to yourself. You owe it to people, society. You owe it to your creator. And whether or not somebody believes in a creator is not going to affect his existence. But you owe it to everything and everybody, certainly to yourself, to become the best version of you and to think through what does the best version of me look like? Who is the best version of me? So everything begins and ends with vision. If you don't have a clear vision for who you want to become, you would never go out to a shooting range with a target, put a blindfold on, spin yourself around three or four times and expect to hit it. And that's the way many people are going through life because everybody else's priorities, everybody else's somewhat goals, or not even goals, but everybody else's priorities are pressing in on us and we give into them. We sell out. We, instead of being sold out, the best way to be sold out without selling out, the best way to be sold out is to understand why you're here, understand your purpose, having a life purpose statement having a life vision statement and not just, you know, having and putting them on the wall, but saying them out loud, like developing them. This is one of the things that we teach people how to do, saying them out loud and repeating them enthusiastically. Like right now, even when I'm talking, I'm using my hands, right? I'm like this flailing Italian right here. I'm using my hands (laughs) because I'm, I'm immersing myself into it. You don't, you know, develop a life vision statement and say, well, the vision of my life is to become a person who influences people around the world by writing and speaking and blogging. That's boring. You would say, well, the purpose of my life, the only life I'm ever going to have is to write and to blog and to create video content that people look at, can gain value from, and it can completely change their life. So when you develop a life vision statement, a life purpose statement, you develop them and you read them out loud because subconsciously we know that that drives things into our subconscious deeper and then that affects our conscious mind. Most of the information we understand about the mind psychologically has come to us in the past 20 or so years. So we know that saying things aloud and how your emotional state can be impacted by your physical posture, 
how you stand, how you sit, actually affects your emotional states. For so many people have it backwards. So it all begins, Evan, you know, if you're listening right now, it all begins with what is the vision that you have for your life? What is the purpose you have for your life? If, you, if that's not clear to you, it is sure not going to be clear for somebody else. And they're going to then impose and project their vision and their purpose onto you. And then you're going to be a sellout and you're going to be a human doing and you're just going to go from task to task, be unfulfilled. Teenage suicides at an all-time high, for example, right? There's reasons yeah. for that. There's reasons for that. Of course. Of course. Um, that's That was very deep, actually. I uh, kind of enjoyed your response here. Um, what are I saw on your project that uh, there's some there's an area in which you mentioned the seven areas of life. Uh, what are the seven areas of life? Uh, and uh, why, why do you focus on them uh, on the system? Well, for me, it's, it's part of, you know, how do you break down a goal? How do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Uh, it, it, it's all about if, if I think about goals and I'm going to set goals for my life, where do I start with that? Well, you need to have a, a simple to use system. And so, from my own experiments uh, for years and in reading and studying and looking how other people set goals and don't set goals, it became really clear to me that you need to be able to look at your life categorically, right? Mm -hmm. If I ask you, hey, uh, tell me about your friends. List all of the friends that you know. Your mind is going to immediately begin to think about, well, who are the people that I know in Greece? And who are people that I know at the coffee shop in Greece? Who are the people I know at the restaurants in Greece? Who are the people that I know in the gadget flow world, in my work world? Who are the, and you begin to automatically, your mind is wired to think categorically. Or, you know, and you break things down. So in the same way, you think about goals. Well, set goals for your life. I don't know where to begin. Well, here's where you begin. There are seven areas of life. And any goal you want to achieve is going to be centered in one of those areas. That might have overflow into the other areas, but it's going to be primarily based in one of those areas. And the seven areas of life are relationships, your spiritual life, health and fitness, your career, finances, education, and rest and recreation. So any goal, once you understand, oh, these are the seven areas of life, you just go, oh, that makes sense. Any goal that you want to achieve is going to be centered in one of those seven areas. So once you realize that, you're like, well, you know what? Boom, you just helped me. It doesn't seem as complex anymore. It, now, I can, now I can tackle that. Well, let's look at relationships. Well, look at your family, your immediate family. Look at your extended family. Look at your coworkers. Look at your neighbors, right? Who are the people that you want to develop relationships with? And then what did we just, we just took you from the stratosphere at the 30,000 foot level in a plane. We just landed that plane, got it on the tarmac, and now you're beginning to realize, oh, I can actually break this down, and it actually makes sense, and now I know how to tackle it. So those seven areas of life are a categorical way of approaching any goal that you want to accomplish in life. And in the Courageous Life Planning System, we walk you through a series of questions that help the cream come to the surface. So that as you're answering these questions, as you're evaluating, as you're reflecting on your own life, instead of it being a drudgery, it becomes fun, it becomes exciting, and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm excited about my life now. I'm excited about my career. And, and you might be excited by saying, you know what? I just realized I, I'm doing this only for the money. 
or I'm doing this because my parents told me that I should do this, or I'm doing this because I'm playing it safe. Well, the real question is, why are you here? What's your passion? What's your purpose? What's your aptitude? Yeah. What, do you, what excites you, right? So that's what the seven areas of life are about, to help you start to maintain momentum and moving forward and to finish with not just setting goals, but achieving them. That's, that's what that's about. That's, uh, that's so great, actually. I think that the world needs more of you, Michael. Uh, <laughs> you know, it is Some important. people would disagree with that. Some people would say the world needs less of me. Some people like to get rid of me, I think. Yeah. I don't think so because you, you know, even, even through this podcast, uh, you made it pretty straightforward to, you know, whoever is listening uh, right now, you know, what, what are like the key seven areas that you need mm-hmm. to focus on, you know, uh, so you can get, uh, get started, you know, and improving your life uh, straight away. Yeah. I think that it's, it's really important. It's really important for someone to find their passion, you know, and pretty much everything follows after that. At least that, that's the case for me. I don't know if that's the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as soon as I realized, uh, as soon as it was like, 15, 16 years old, I realized that I was interested in tech, which is pretty generic. I know I wasn't interested in, you know, becoming like a CEO or like a developer or a designer. So I kind of played with everything, right? Um, but as soon as pretty much, you know, I was, as soon as I started realizing that I'm pretty much fulfilled every single day, right? With all these activities that I'm doing, with all this education that I'm getting, uh, everything pretty much followed uh, right after, in a sense, you know? It's just, Mm-hmm. On, uh, mm-hmm. on the family level, um, perhaps on uh, on a relationship level, on a friendship level, like everything just made sense after I realized that, hey, I'm passionate for this particular thing and I'm mm-hmm. giving my 100%. I don't know if it's yeah. directly related with all of the areas that you've mentioned, um, mm-hmm. but I think it is important for anyone to, you know, understand what they're passionate about. Uh, I, think it's, yes. I think it's the most important thing, you know. I think it is because you know, I love what Mark Twain said. He said, 20 years from now, I might have said 50 years, but at least 20 years, 20 years from now, it's not the things in life that you did that you'll regret. It's the things in life that you didn't do that you'll regret. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and it comes down to a passion issue. I think you're right. We spend so little time, don't we? Thinking about what am I really passionate about? Why am I really here? What I want to accomplish with my life. You only get one. <laughs> There's no rewind, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, let, let's move on to the next question. Uh, another interesting um, definition, I guess, you, you, you call something like time chunking. So I'd love if you can expand on that and, you know, tell us how you, you can actually, you know, increase your productivity and mm-hmm. uh, what is its impact, I guess. Yeah, we cover this in great detail in the Courageous Life Planning System. Time chunking and day chunking, both of them. Mm -hmm. One precedes the other, and they're similar. You know, typically we think of 24 hours a day. I got 24 hours in a day, and uh, we break our days down accordingly. But if you take a 24-hour time block and you think, well, I'm going to sleep seven to eight hours out of that, right? And by the way, new research says if you sleep more than eight hours, the typical person, I want to emphasize that word typical, you sleep more than eight hours, it's actually counterproductive to your health long-term. You sleep less than seven hours, it's counterproductive to your long-term stuff. Now we all burn the candle at both ends, but you can't keep doing that because you're going to run out of wick, right? Yep. But you take that chunk of time, seven, eight hours of that day, a third of your day sleeping. So you've got the rest of the day left before you. Time chunking 
would be to take your day and then to break it up into blocks of time, not just hours. Stop looking at your life as just hours. Instead, think about it, well, I'm up at five o'clock in the morning. So between five and eight, maybe I have to leave at eight o'clock to go to work. Let's say you gotta leave it at seven. You gotta leave at seven o'clock to go to work. You gotta commute. Well, first of all, on your commute to work, you're listening to the Gadget Flow podcast, right? You're listening to something phenomenal. You're not just wasting time because you can get the equivalent of a college education, a PhD, just by your travel time, depending on what you're listening to, right? But then you got from five to seven o'clock before you leave for work. You've got two hours that you can chunk together and you could say, what can I do with 120 minutes that would set me up for success? Well, one of the things you could do is you could exercise and there's now all kinds of evidence about the mind-body connection. If I exercise, it's going to release my body's natural uh, drugs, which are healthy and good for me, the endorphins. It's going to change my emotional state. It's going to change my creativity. It's going to make me more positive and productive. And then I walk into the office at 7.30, 8 o'clock, and people are going to be like, man, what have you been smoking? I wasn't smoking. I was on my treadmill. I was lifting weights. I was, I was curling. I was doing my, my eight-count abs, whatever it is that you're doing, right? Yeah. So you start to look at your day as a chunk. Maybe, maybe uh, you've got uh, more time where you don't have to be into work at nine o'clock. Well, then you've got from five o'clock until nine o'clock, you've got four hours. Are you kidding me? I could then, if I start looking at my days in that regard, in terms of time chunking, I could then accomplish like several days symbolically, several days virtually in one day. I could cram chunks of time together. I could put chunks of time together, two or three or four hours together, and look at that as a, like a virtual day. And when you do that, it's like the, the scales fall off your eyes. It's kind of like the, the matrix. You know, you want the blue pill, you want the red pill. Right. I don't want the blue pill. I don't want to keep living life like a hamster on a wheel. I want to, I want to rise above the rat race, and I want to move forward. I want to become that best version of me. So consider time chunking. Stop living within that limitation that we're all living in. Well, they're 24 hours a day. You look at things in, in one hour at a time. Forget that. Start looking at it as hours at a time. What can I group together without distraction? Multitasking is overrated. The studies are out on that now. What can I group together for two hours or more and chunk it and just crush it and move forward? And then you do the same thing with day chunking. Instead of looking at uh, you know, one day at a time, you begin to say, okay, what project can I work on this week? I'm going to spend Monday and Tuesday chunking my time and chunking those days together where I'm going to work on this goal. And then I'm going to spend Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm going to day chunk those days together and I'm going to single task and just focus on this. Man, if you time chunk and you day chunk, you will crush your goals and you will prioritize your purpose, live your vision, and you'll be looking back and people will be looking at you and saying, man, what? I, I want what he has. I want what she has. They'll be just like blown away. And it's all because you have done what? You've been intentional yep. with how you're using your time. You're being intentional with your use of time. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, I've been doing it for quite a few years then. <laughs> uh, yeah. we've, been, we've, been doing, we've been doing it uh, here at Gadgetflow as well. Um, I mean, we're big fans of automations, uh, but also, you know, pretty much like saving time when it comes to day-to-day -to -day tasks, right, throughout the whole yeah. team. 
Uh, I think that at this point we're automating about, we're saving about uh, 3,000 working hours on a monthly basis through automations that we've built. That's crazy. Which is is insane. Yeah, which is insane. That's crazy. And we've been fine tuning that um, literally like every month, adding and removing stuff Mm -hmm. and keeping it up to date. And and I got to speak about this though from our interactions with you. And yet you do a great job of being very personable and very productive. I know that when we have asked you a question, you know, asked for your input, you're very quick with your responses, very detailed in your responses. So I think you're, you're, you're your own poster boy, right? For being a great example of, if you're intentional with the technology, if you understand the purpose of technology is to connect me to people, not to disconnect me from people. Right. That's, that's the, the gold, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? So I, I just got to, I've got to compliment you there because I think you have been, and we work with a lot of people. We work with all kinds of tech companies, people promise you the world. Um, we work with all kinds of vendors for a variety of things, printers, app companies, web developers. And I would have to say, I'm not blowing smoke up, up your nose when I say this. Plus I can't anyway, we're, we're not even in close proximity here, right? We're doing the podcast. You're in Greece <laughs> and I'm in the USA. But right. um, you really have been your own poster child to prove that when technology is used correctly, it saves time, it saves money, it earns you money, it earns you relationships, and it moves you forward, helps you become successful. So kudos. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is important, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, to, to use it wisely, you know, it's, it all comes down to, uh, combining, I guess, your day-to-day needs with your goals and your vision about yourself. And then it all makes sense. Um, from my, from my end, you know, I've been big fan of like meditation, affirmations and productivity. I've been reading like Tim Ferriss, Kevin Rhodes podcast as well, um, mm-hmm. for like so many years in a row, right? Uh, Tony mm-hmm. Robbins as well, read most of his books, I guess when it comes down to tech, you know, that's, I guess, my two cents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I use my iPhone, I would say, on average about uh, two hours a day only. And I reply within those two hours about over 200 emails on the fly. Mm-hmm. But I don't have any push notifications. I don't even have the bubble icon that says, hey, you got 99 plus emails, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have nothing. And every, like, two hours, I have it on my schedule. I'll check my email. I'll probably mm-hmm. have anywhere from, like, 20 to 50 to 100 emails. I'll just mm-hmm. quickly reply with meaning, right, and as thoroughly as possible um, to the ones that make sense, the ones that are actually important. And then... Mm-hmm. You have another individual who might be at the same age, location, career, whatever, checking two hours uh, on a daily basis, his iPhone, iPad, whatever, and mm-hmm. seeing that, you know, 90% of the time spends it on social media and basically right. yeah. Instagram as well, right? So anti-social media as we said. Right. That, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's so correct. Um, so, yeah, I think that it all comes down to how you use it, right? It's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true. Well, have you have you read the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss? Of course, of course, I mean, many there, there many go. times. It's great book, great book. Of yeah. course, of course, and that has helped me pretty much, you know, revolutionize, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the way I was doing meetings because I was doing like 20, 25 events. I'm not going to call them meetings because it might have been like two or five minutes meetings in some cases. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I kind of like did all of those right and focused 100 percent on what matters, like on the important stuff of the day. 
and you know yeah. that that's that changed my reality in so many different ways mm. it's good stuff yeah um so what's what's next for you michael speaking and writing more the same thing i'm uh on a mission to try to change the world starting with the usa helping people stand up and speak at the sit down shut up world do it with uh, intelligence and tact and humility helping people uh, redeem the time you know i'm a i'm a christian and uh, for me the bible is the compass the anchor for my life and People don't have to necessarily agree with that for me to be able to get along with them, vice versa. I love hearing different ideas and I just want to help people think deeply, take back their time, take back their life and really create a masterpiece mosaic for themselves and then for the culture wherever they live. Because, you know, the culture is simply a reflection of the individual lives, the individual families that comprise that culture, right? So right. If, if individuals are, are committed to becoming the best version of themselves, crushing their goals, unleashing their potential, then you're gonna do that with selflessness, not selfishness. That's one of the things that's key for me in the goal setting and achievement process. If your goals are selfish, you don't really have a mature understanding of goal setting and goal achievement. They need to be selfless. That's how you, you graduate uh, in understanding the goal achievement process. So for me, it's keynote speaking at events, it's podcasting, it's television appearances, radio appearances, and writing so that I can help people do the very kinds of things that we've been talking about on the podcast. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Where can our audience find you? Yeah, uh, official Michael Anthony is my website, officialmichaelanthony.com. And on social media, it is on Facebook and Instagram at the official Michael Anthony. So you have to remember the the official Michael Anthony. And also, uh, if people want to learn more about the Courageous Life Planning System, which I would highly encourage, or the book A Call for Courage, they go to CourageousLifeSystem.com. It's CourageousLifeSystem.com. That's how they can find me. And I love interacting with people, so it'd be great to hear from you. That's awesome. And that's a wrap, everyone. Thank you so much for your time, Michael. Thanks, Evan. Great to be with you, my friend. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Gadget Flow podcast. If you've enjoyed the episode, please make sure to rate and review our show on iTunes. See you guys next week.